Welcome to Let's Clear the Air, a podcast sponsored by the Allergy, Asthma, and Sinus Center, dedicated to educating listeners about allergies, asthma, and immunology. Hello, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Let's Clear the Air. I'm your host, Kaylee Francis, here with Dr. Roman. Love having you on the show. It's spring, and we are talking about spring pollen and spring cleaning. So, of course, it's one of those dreaded topics. Everyone's kind of already getting a little apprehensive about their spring cleaning. So what can you tell us about spring cleaning the safe way and to stay safe if you're spring pollen allergic? Great question, Kaylee. I'm really excited to be here to talk to you about this topic today because while, let's be honest, nobody enjoys spring cleaning, don't we feel such a sense of accomplishment when it's done? So while we, it's hard to get started taking that first step, but when it's done, honestly, we feel good about it and it's probably healthier that we've taken that step and, and gotten some things taken care of in the air, so to speak. So the thing I would tell you, first, we would want to differentiate between indoor spring cleaning and outdoor spring cleaning. Now, we'll go into later. I know you and I are going to talk a little later on this episode about exactly how to get your allergies diagnosed, but probably a lot of our listeners are already pretty aware of whether or not they have outdoor or indoor allergies or both. They may not know exactly what their allergens are, but most people have a pretty good idea of does it bother me when I go outside or inside or both? So let's start with outdoor spring cleaning. Outdoor spring cleaning is going to bother our dust allergy sufferers and our pollen outdoor, or excuse me, pollen allergy sufferers the most. So I don't know if you've ever noticed maybe on the cars outside or on outdoor patio furniture, it gets that yellow powdery filmy stuff and that is pollen and spring pollen is already here. So it's not going to be long at all before we start noticing this thick film of pollen on all of our things. Grills, it's everywhere. <laughs> It's everywhere and no one wants to go outside and sit in all of that so it won't be long till it's time to take care of that for our severe allergy sufferers many of them should already be taking their routine allergy medicines and those are typically done on a daily basis once the pollen season starts so if you are an allergy sufferer please do not start your spring cleaning before you've started your routine spring allergy medicine. That's just a disaster waiting to happen, okay? So make sure safely um, that you have been on your allergy medicine, whatever that is with between you and your provider, that you've been on that at least a week or two before you delve into spring cleaning. And then if you are a patient who is on allergy shots, make sure you've not been skipping those all winter because you didn't think you needed them over the winter. Make sure you're back in that routine of your allergy shots before starting your spring cleaning. So once we've cleared the air there and everyone's on their medicine or on their allergy shots or whatever they're supposed to be doing, you might want to consider a mask when you're doing this. There's no harm in um, blocking that pollen from your airway, which of course is your mouth and your nose. Um, some people even wear safety goggles when they're out doing this because let's be honest, when you get started on this cleaning, it's going to stir a lot of that up. Um, the other thing I would recommend is... Um, 
using water to clean. It's going to really, uh, if you just go out there with a blower or some paper towels and start wiping things, it's just going to stir it up even more and probably going to fall right back down to where you started. So get the hose out, spray that stuff down, wet those paper towels, use a lot of water when you're doing your outdoor spring cleaning. And I think that'll really help. I think it's just so amazing. There's all these new products as well. I mean, there's so many different products that you can use, like with the um, evergreen and different scents like that. A lot of people are having a really hard time saying, I I can't use that because I'm allergic to it. Can you kind of debunk and talk about that? Yeah, um, that's a really good point, Kaylee. And that sort of brings us to our uh, indoor spring cleaning because a lot of people like to use scented things inside. Outdoors, we don't get into the scented products as much because, of course, once you're out in the air, you want to just enjoy the outdoor fresh air. But everyone wants to spruce things up on the inside. So if you are using any sort of fresheners or cleaners that are scented and you have allergies, while you may not be allergic to that particular product, your airways, your nasal passages can be inflamed from your allergies. And then those products act as irritants and irritants can um, really flare up your symptoms even more. So nothing changes in my recommendations for indoor cleaning. I still think you should be on your allergy medicine for a few weeks. If you're on allergy shots, those need to be in tip-top shape. You should be back into the routine of getting those. And a mask is just as good of an idea on the uh, indoor cleaning if you know, if you'd like, if your allergies are severe, because inside you're really going to be getting into dust. If you're getting into those, the backs of those closets, heaven help us, those dust bunnies, they really seem to gather over the winter, right? And then we want to get all that cleaned out and go through the clothes. Well, there's dust everywhere. So a mask might not be a bad idea for some of our severe allergy sufferers. And then like you said, just being extra cautious about scented things, which can really cause our allergy sufferers some extra problems. Now, what about pressure washing going back to outside? If you're pressure washing your house that has, like you said, all the pollen all over it and everything, will that just wipe it all out completely? So, you know, it's best if you're going to pressure wash, it's best to wait till the end of the pollen season because I'm sure you've done this before too. I've tried to clean up the outdoor patio area. Maybe we're having guests over and spring pollen is not fully done. So I get it cleaned up temporarily, but then two days later, it's back. It's right back. Exactly, Kaylee. So if you're going to embark on a big project such as the pressure washing of the driveway, the house, the, the pool deck, something like that, it's best to wait till the end of the pollen, the spring pollen season at least for that, which is going to be, you know, you're looking into late April, early May for that. Wearing a mask, I would definitely recommend if you really suffer with your allergies. And then, of course, protective eyewear when you're doing something like that, because there's a lot of debris that can come from power washing. So even our our non-allergy sufferers should really be careful about protective eyewear if doing anything using pressure washing. Well, we've talked about some ways to clean your house and to just make sure that you're staying safe while doing so. But there's that next topic. We need to see an allergist if you're already having those hard symptoms and it's driving you nuts. So what is that next step? 
So the next step, when you've tried things like simple allergy medicine, maybe that you're finding over the counter, you've tried cleaning out your space and it just doesn't seem to be helping, the next step is to get in with a board certified allergist, Kaylee, because that's really where you're going to get some answers. Take the guesswork out come in and let a board certified allergist diagnose the problem because you might be surprised. The things you thought you were allergic to, yes, but maybe there's even more than that. And that starts with a simple skin test in the office. I um, talk about debunking the myths. You know, skin testing gets a bad rap. And I think that's because, well, if we're being honest, I think it's because most people have a memory from their childhood, but they don't really recall what actually happened. They remember maybe being upset. They remember, you know, um, some scratches or some needles, but they don't really remember what actually happened. So let's talk about that today. Um, the first step for allergy skin testing is done with what I explain to my patients as little plastic toothpicks that just barely scratch the surface of the skin. Um, some offices do that on the arm, but most of our offices tend to do that on the back. And so you'll be undressed and draped for that. And you'll feel those little scratches, not even as severe as a cat scratch. I mean, just barely nicking the surface of the skin. And I always tell my younger patients, there's no blood on the back. There's no needles on the back. Just the little scratches. You'll wait about 15 minutes. Um, and you know, the other thing, I, the reason I think um, allergy skin testing gets a bad rap is because if you are very allergic, it itches. Yeah. Kaylee, it really can itch. And so we will be there to provide you with the relief you need when that 15 minutes is up. The um, nurse and the provider will come in and uh, do some reading of the skin test. And then that nurse is going to have you feeling better in no time. She's going to get that cleaned off your back. She's going to um, provide some topical anesthetic in a lotion form that'll have that feeling better. So step one is the little toothpicks, I like to call them, that scratch the back. If you need a step two, and let's be clear, not everyone needs a step two. Um, a lot of young children don't get a step two. Um, depending on how allergic you showed up on your back, a lot of adults don't get a step two. But if you do need a step two, that's going to be some tiny little needles that just barely go under the skin on the upper arms. And I like to tell patients, it's nothing like a vaccine. You know, we've all had vaccines, flu shots, COVID vaccines, MMR, tetanus. Those go into the muscle and they're designed to go into the muscle and that can be pretty painful. Mm -hmm. These just barely go underneath the surface of the skin, um, much like a TB skin test. Maybe for those who have had a TB skin test, they might relate to that. But, you know, I when it's all said and done, I just rarely have patients who say, wow, that was a terrible experience. It's really pretty, you know, quite painless. Mm -hmm. And again, the the pros of that is getting those results same day so that you have a provider there with you that same day. You can start talking about your treatment plan. I think that's amazing that you went ahead and just let everybody know how a true skin test operates. A lot of patients are really hesitant to come into the office because, like you said, they have those bad memories or what they may have not even remembered. So after that, if a patient comes up, as you say, I know I've heard you say it, if it has the wheel and the flare and it's the big um, spots all across the back, what's the next step? How do we treat a patient that is super allergic? Yeah, that's right. So if we see those wheels and those flares, which honestly kind of looks like mosquito bites. Okay. So if, if you have a lot of those on your back, 
you're allergic. Um, the next step is to form that treatment plan with your provider. And the great news about allergy treatment is that um, those those mainstays of treatment haven't changed a whole lot. Um, we go back to the basics. Step one is allergen avoidance. Stay away from what you're allergic to. Well, I usually get a funny look from most of my patients knowing that that's impossible. We can't stay away from pollen. Nobody wants to stay inside on a day like today. It's, it's 70 degrees and, and sunny out there. So it's very difficult to stay away from what you're allergic to, but we do have pamphlets at Allergy Asthma and Sinus Center that your provider will give you. Everybody can take some steps to reduce their allergen exposure. We don't expect you to get rid of pets. We don't expect you to be able to completely avoid pollen, but there are some things in our pamphlet that you and your provider will go over that'll just help reduce your exposure overall. Won't be perfect, but it's a good first step. Step two is medication. Now, there are lots of over-the-counter medicines available these days, and I would just caution our listeners, talk to your provider about those. They're not all safe. If you have some what we call comorbid conditions like hypertension or high blood pressure, if you have um, diabetes or heart disease, not all of these are safe for everyone. So prescriptions uh, medicines may be the best option for you, but you and your provider can sort that out. We want to be safe when we're treating our allergies. We don't want to create more problems. And that's why a board certified allergist will really help you on that. So we talked about allergen avoidance as step one. We talked about medications as step two. And then that third and final option uh, is immunotherapy. And immunotherapy is what you know most people think of as allergy shots. They've been around a long time. And you know what, Kaylee? That's because they're effective. They work. They work. That's exactly right. If allergy shots are done as they're supposed to be done, meaning with consistency and compliance, they are life-changing. I tell patients that all the time. Sure, they may not be life-saving because for some people, allergies aren't necessarily life-threatening, but they can change your quality of life and they are a long-term solution to your problem. You and I have talked in the past, allergy medicines are great as long as you like taking allergy medicine every day. Every day. But if I'm being honest, a lot of my patients are looking for another solution and that's when allergy shots come in. Yes, in the beginning, it is a commitment of making sure that you're there as often as you're supposed to be, whatever your protocol is. But as that protocol lengthens and you go out further, you're going to be in there less and less often, but still getting the fantastic relief that allergy shots provide. Then when your time on allergy shots is complete, you get continued years and years relief of those allergies a lot of times without needing any medicine. So what is there to lose with allergy shots? If you're a good candidate, and again, you and your provider will discuss that, in my opinion, allergy shots is the way to go. If someone is listening who is maybe thinking about making that step and making that new patient appointment, what are the next steps? What do they need to do to prepare for that appointment? Do they need to be off of their allergy medications? Yes, that's a great question, Kaylee, because we don't want anyone to come and be surprised by... Um, you know, what the expectations are. So what we recommend at Allergy Asthma and Sinus Center is that you try to stop all antihistamines for seven days. Now, there are some um, exceptions to that, and I'm pretty sure you can find those on our website as well as your new patient paperwork. There are some short-acting antihistamines like Benadryl that if you're just absolutely desperate, you can take those 
two to three days before the appointment, but in those final two to three days, you really want to try to avoid all allergy medicine. Um, Kaylee, that brings me to another point. There are some patients who are not able to stop their allergy medicines. What I would say to those patients is don't let that deter you from coming in. Don't let that stop you from making a new patient appointment. We can work around obstacles. Of course, the easiest way is to follow those instructions of stopping your antihistamine seven days in advance. But we're physicians, we're providers, we're nurse practitioners. We understand that that doesn't, you know, work for every patient. So if you're unable to stop your medicine, don't stress about it. Just come on in and let us talk with you about what would be the best options for you. Thank you again, Dr. Roman. I feel like we just covered so many things and it's so productive for these patients and for people that are listening. So thank you again. Of course, I'm so happy to be here and probably the next time we talk, it'll be fall allergies or something similar. It'll be here before we know it. It will. We'll be talking all about ragweed and all of that. But until then, let's focus in on spring. So I hope everyone um, has a great rest of your day and also we want you to enjoy the spring season. Like Dr. Roman said, it's important to enjoy these beautiful days and to really enjoy your quality of life so we can help. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Clear the Air. Please consider following this podcast. And remember, if you want helpful and accurate information about allergies and asthma, our allergy experts are here to clear the air.